0: Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearl Brewer, and I will be your host. Today's podcast guest is Candace Carnahan. Welcome, Candace. Always glad to have an interview with you.
1: Oh, it's so nice to be invited back. I can't believe you want to hear more from me. <laughs>
0: oh, we certainly do. Last November, you gave uh, a keynote, opening keynote address at the World Congress on Health and Safety in Sydney. Uh, before we get into talking about the message you delivered during the opening keynote, um, tell us what the experience was like for you. Did you ever imagine yourself on a, a global stage like that?
1: <sighs> you know what this was a This was an experience that i didn't I didn't expect to feel how I ended up feeling when i when I said yes to the opportunity. To be honest with you, so I guess two parts. Did I ever imagine myself on a global stage? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, the the sky's the limit kind of kind of gal. So I hoped for that, and I and I I envisioned that, and I put that out into the universe. What I didn't envision or expect or even understand until it happened to me was what they call imposter syndrome. I hear people talking about imposter syndrome. And I would always think, I don't know what that is. I have no clue what you're talking about. You know, I, I mean, I, I get the concept, but it, it just didn't resonate with me. And leading up to the event, um, for the first time in 25 years of speaking, my anxiety was through the roof. I was having nightmares that my leg was falling off on stage, that um, no one laughed at a joke, that I forgot to show up. That I didn't, you know, it was almost just like that—that reoccurring dream that you didn't, that you didn't graduate or you didn't, you show up for your test. It was a real manifestation of of anxiety and and fear and feelings that I was really unfamiliar with with feeling, in anticipation for me doing my work. Um, so yeah, it it was quite a ride, I have to say.
0: So how was that feeling when you get on stage?
1: Thank goodness um, it was all wrong. I, <laughs> I, I am meant to be doing what I'm meant to be doing, but I, I've, I've had a, you know, goodness, we would need a few podcasts to really dive into it. Um, for me, it had nothing to do with what I recognized, and I, I had a bit of a sense prior to the event anyway. It, it really had nothing to do with the world stage. It had nothing to do with thousands of people. It had to do with one person, and that one person was my father. Um, I've never shared my story in front of my father and he is my everything he is my hero and I mean I love my mother equally um but our relationship is a bit different and there are some very hard-hitting aspects that are difficult to share no matter how many times I do it that involve my father in my presentation in my story and I was really concerned about would he have a heart attack would he have to walk out? Like, I had an exit strategy planned. I had somebody from the conference sitting with my mother and father in case he took, well, you know, a bad spell, as we would say in the Maritimes. Like, I, I I really was worried that it was going to be too much for him. And I gave him an out a couple of times and said, you know, Dad, if you don't want to go. And he said, of course I'm going to go. If I'm going all the way to Australia, you know. So maybe it was me who wanted the out. I I don't know. But what I I guess what I realized, Pearlie, is that I really, (laughs) I've spoken to probably close to a million people, but I don't know that I've ever spoken my truth to to my family. You know, I've always just made it out to be, I wouldn't say sugarcoated it, but I don't like talking about the hard stuff in front of the people who love me the most, because From day one, to me, that makes it harder for them. And you want to protect your loved ones. And that's just one other aspect of how you do that. You keep them from hearing the hard stuff, you know? So, I, I, I walked on stage and it all melted away. And I didn't, I didn't even look in their direction. I knew where they were sitting. Um, and it was right. The first time for my fiance as well. Um, but third time for my mom and I didn't look in their direction, and once I started chatting and talking, and I I started my beginning in a different way, I I didn't really, I, I basically just admitted I was nervous, because what I tell all these companies I work with, when they say, well, what's one of the most, you know, important things we can do as leaders, I say, be vulnerable. Open up the space for other people who you are surrounded with to be okay with not being okay today or tomorrow. Don't put on this face and facade that everything is okay and it's perfect and this is what strength looks like. So in the last final second, I basically changed everything when I walked out on stage <laughs> and, and talked about being vulnerable.
0: So what was your message? We'll come back to your dad in a moment, but what was your message to the audience? <clears throat>
1: oh, goodness. It's it's hard for me to, to ever sum it up in one, in one um, sentence. But, you know, the the, the overarching theme of my message, no matter who I'm speaking to, is that if we want to make safety matter, we have to make safety personal. So whatever that means for you, it's something different for everyone. Um, Another overarching theme of mine is that sharing stories changes lives and that sharing stories can save lives and as a speaker it's my job to share stories but as you know humans uh, anyone who sits in the seat that's listening to me every person has at least one story to share that could matter to somebody on a certain day in a certain moment for a particular reason and and oftentimes we never understand the weight of our words and why what we said mattered or why it's important that we say what we feel um so I think that really in, in the mix of talking about what happened to me and the impact on my family, and those are kind of more of the details, but the, the higher level themes would be making it personal and, and engaging with our own personal experiences to inspire others to be safe.
0: Given such a diverse group, how did you decide – what the message was that you would want to deliver
1: mm-hmm. well here's the thing. What I always try to look for is what do we have in common, and what every person sitting in the chair would have had in common on that day and every day is that they are each and every one of them the most important person to somebody, so they were the world revolves around you, pearly, for somebody. the world revolves around me for somebody, right, and so if we can think about those people as being the people that we're out there really working for, that that kind of shifts the the perspective a little bit, I think. Um, another common ground, uh, you know, another thing we all have in common is that nobody's invincible. So we could all be affected by an injury. And then the third thing would be that we all have the ability to prevent these things from happening um, by speaking up, learning more, promoting more awareness. So I I, I guess I just, you know, I really wanted to just speak to people as humans who are loved, as humans who love.
0: So what was your father's reaction? Did you have a chance to talk to him afterwards?
1: My father is a man of few words, and especially when he's emotional. So I did tell the part that I was scared to tell about him in my presentation. I won't get into it, but it's a very concise story with a a heavy-hitting final, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, conclusion, and uh, I did start to cry on stage a little bit, and I managed to bring it back around, and after it was all over, um, my mom and dad and and fiancé Sean came up for pictures and to see me, and I just said to my dad, are you... He said, good job, dear. I said, are you okay? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Had a few moments there. I'll, I'll, I'll survive. I'll survive. You know, that's he wouldn't sit down and tell me, you know, this is what I thought or when you said this. He, I tell a story about him using duct tape to patch up everything, and he said, I think you embellished that a little bit. And I said, well, in fact, I didn't, Dad.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, he, he uh, its it, it certainly was a monumental – it's the bravest thing I've ever done, ever.
0: So what was your mother's reaction?
1: My mom was just, as always, beaming. You know, I remember, Pearlie, when we started working together – you know, it didn't matter if I was speaking at a high school to 20 kids, or even when I did the first uh, WHSCC then uh, conference, and I think it was St. John, maybe or Fredericton, I can't remember. You know, my mom is my biggest fan, and uh, and while she hasn't sat through many, um, she she knew what to expect. Uh, so for her, I think it was less about having to hear the story because she already knew what she was in for, and more about the excitement of the grandeur of the of the actual event and and the and the honor, um, you know, of, of of having the opportunity to take the world stage. And it was nice because there was we had lots of times time for Q and A at the end, and I was asked, you know, because there were quite a few. Not quite a few, but there were a couple of sets of other uh, of parents there that lost kids in the workplace, um, that they had booths and whatnot. And um the question was, you know, to, uh, about does your mother advocate as a parent? And I said, well, not directly, but it takes a village, you know. And so for me to do this work, I can't do this on my own, and it's because of the support of my family that I can do it. So she does advocate just in a in a bit of a, a different way.
0: <laughs> so what other kind what other kinds of questions would they have asked you?
1: Well I actually had the opportunity to talk about the work that we did years ago with Paul and with Passport to Safety. So I was asked about, I, I made the joke, I said it almost seemed like I, I planted the guy there as a, to plug, to plug my new step-up step program because he said, like, what's happening within the education system in Canada and how is that different than Australia? So it was a neat little, um what's the word? Uh, I was able to make that connection because obviously in New Brunswick we, we were the first to do Passport to Safety with Paul, and Paul at the same time had been working in Australia with Safe Communities Foundations and with Passport to Safety. So now it's kind of full circle where I'm back in New Brunswick doing my Step Up Your Safety program within the school systems. So I, I just, I guess, to, to, to in a nutshell, I felt like I got to brag about not only Canada, but The work that we were doing in New Brunswick, you know, the other questions, too, like, they, you know, there were there were all there were questions about and there always are. And I always forget to mention it. You know what happened at the mill afterwards? You know, the mill doesn't operate anymore. So I forget all the time to to mention that, Um, you know, just questions about what what the trends are globally um, that we're seeing throughout the world with regard to health and safety and the attitudes. So there was there were there were a lot of interesting questions for sure.
0: So now did you have a chance to hear uh, many other presentations, other speakers while you're at the conference?
1: Curly, I'm going to be real honest with you. I was at the hotel with my bags packed and out as soon as the coffee break was over. I was so stressed out about it that the minute it was over, I already had plans to be out of you know out of sydney (laughs) so i got to i did i did go speak with uh exhibitors um and meet some of the people who were speaking at the event and whatnot but i didn't i didn't stay to listen to more presentations or anything like that i um i was just so relieved that the work went over well and (laughs) i i was uh i was exhausted (laughs) Uh
0: um did you have any chance to uh, do any other presentations when you were in Australia?
1: No, I didn't. And, and, and by design, um, I really just wanted my focus to be solely on this one presentation. Um, and uh, But I did stay in Australia and take my mother and father and, and my fiancé. We traveled around for two weeks after that. So we went five days ahead of time to adjust to jet lag. I was actually quite ill, so thank heavens. I had the time to uh to get better and feel better <clears throat> for my event but uh but but no, I didn't do any other presentations this time around, but that's my fourth time speaking in australia so i've I've worked throughout the whole country um on three different occasions
0: so what what's Australia like from the point of view of health and safety? yeah you, know, you always hear a lot about them, yeah. And yeah. what they're doing they seem to be leading edge in a lot of cases what what's your take on on health and safety in australia
1: oh yes they're 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 proactive it's i mean I think if I could sum it up i, I don't like to get too technical because it's more of a feeling as opposed to a fact um, but I even know from back when I was affiliated with with passport to safety and safe communities, even then they were um you know in 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 retirement homes they were offering padding for for people who had mobility issues, knowing that a fall and a break or a fracture would speed up the time between then and, and them possibly passing away, right? There was a, a direct correlation between a fall and death. <laughs> so they actually started offering padding. Um, I, I mean that's just one example that I remember from a long time ago. But the in the same vein, they seem to be um very proactive and they don't wait until things go wrong before they uh they they implement new strategies um and and whatnot. So the other thing I would say um is that I, I think I would have to say similar to Canada. You know, you've got your big cities, but you've got a lot of rural farmland, you've got places that People have more of a country mentality, and I'm not saying that is a, a good or bad, but a little bit maybe less conservative with regard to rules and regulations, you know. So, I, I mean, I think that in the work that I've done, I've worked within, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne. But I've also worked in Tamsworth, Newcastle, like, you know, places that are that are that are smaller. And so I do see a lot of similar similarities between Australia and Canada.
0: So a long flight to Australia, long flight back. Yeah. I'm sure you had a lot of time to think on the way back. Uh, what were your thoughts on the way back? Uh, I
1: was so grateful. I mean, what an amazing thing to be able to do to have the opportunity and the, the means to to bring your family halfway across the world for, you know, something so monumental. So I mean, I was I was elated, I was relieved, I was enc- so encouraged because the feedback was incredible. Um I received so much support for my message um which meant a lot given the the level of anxiety I had going into it, you know, um, and, and, and there's already been opportunities popping up for more work. Um, but yeah, I just, I just felt really, really grateful and, uh, and, and, and really, really happy. (laughs) And also, like, I can't even get over it. This year, it's, you know, if I have to go do last week, I think I was speaking in six different places doing speeches and I'm, and I'm, I'm back to the way I used to be. When my father's not in the audience, like if I had to feel like that every time I had to do a big event, I wouldn't do this work. It would, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle it. So it's 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 also neat being on the other side of it now because it it does make me realize just how how stressed out you know and 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 nervous and and how much I cared really you know stressed out is maybe not the right word but yeah because now it's
0: just back to normal. <laughs> so relieving. It's so happy. (laughs) So now we're in 2024. Yes. What all do you have on your schedule this year?
1: Well, next week I'll be off to um, deliver a speech in Houston on Tuesday, Alabama on Wednesday, L.A. on Friday, Niagara on Monday, uh, and on and on and on. I just returned from Doha. Um, I was, you know, working in Qatar um and i'll be returning there uh to do some more work in the middle east in may and that's wild because i mean they don't use car seats they don't like it, what i love about the work is again finding that common ground so they are definitely they do not have the same safety standards i again i'm not going to i'm not going to quantify it as better or worse you know, I'm I'm not to say that, but certainly the fact of the matter is, is that children are in cars without seatbelts and car seats. That's different. We don't, we're not used to that, right? Um, so what I loved was having that challenge and that opportunity to change the narrative, but not at the same time, to just talk to people as someone who is loved and who loves and to say, how can we be better? How can we be honest about where we are right now so that we can improve where, where, where we're going tomorrow? You know, um, and, uh, some other neat things. So, you know, there's, there's just loads of, of work travel coming up, but, um, in New Brunswick, uh, step up your safety. The school program is in pilot phase. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed that that will be implemented into personal wellness and it's being used throughout the province of Ontario successfully right now with co-op students. And it is – I'm traveling to Saskatchewan in September to do a tour where we're launching it officially throughout the entire province of Saskatchewan um, with partnership with a group called Service Hospitality. And uh, so that's all exciting. And and I'll be trying to forge more inroads this year with other provinces to get this implemented into the curriculum. Um, And one one thing that I'm feeling very passionate about – is really using this opportunity to talk about the importance of a program like this beyond anything technical, beyond co-op. I mean, if you're in a co-op program, yes, there's a workplace component, so obviously it's a natural fit, but your, your teacher already vetted your employer. They know where you're going to work. So what about the other 90% of the kids who are not part of a co-op program but are employed? And have no one vetting who their employers are. So to me, that's why it's so important that we don't um, limit programs like mine or any programs with regard to, to safety to programs in school that seem to only to, to have that component. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you do your presentations for industrial clients, and you seem to do a lot of those for different uh, organizations, uh, what's your message to them? When you have an industrial group, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of hard-hitting construction workers or manufacturing or mining workers, what's the message you leave with them?
1: It's I, you know, I'm on repeat here, but again, it's back to being human. Uh, you're a de- mm-hmm. you're someone's dad. When they hear the story about my father, they might think of their daughter. They might think of their father. They might say, you know, it's about making it personal. Yeah, but I will say I talk, I, I, I definitely focus a little bit more on your responsibility to set a good example. You know, good might not be the right word, but I, I, you know, I always say people don't need to be approaching you physically to ask you a question that they're looking to you for answers in your actions. So sometimes I think we think, oh, they must know what they're doing. They haven't asked me anything. Maybe they haven't, but I certainly only walked over the conveyor belt because I watched other people who I trusted knew what they were doing. Do it. So I am when I'm working in industrial um, situations where we have a lot of turnover these days. Um, there's a lot of new people coming into these industries, but there are also a lot, um, a significant you know percentage of people who have been. Lifers, you know twenty thirty, forty years in the industry, and complacency is a challenge with that level of experience, and so it's my goal to reframe safety for those people into thinking in, in, in into you know into a way where they're thinking about well what I do. Maybe I think it's okay for me, but would I be okay with my grandson learning that? Would I be okay with my nephew or my niece learning that? Um, You know, you, you have to think about what you're doing and how it impacts the behaviors of other people and what that, well, you know, we think of safety as an obligation. But I'm hoping and I'm feeling that it's happening more often now that we're seeing it as an opportunity. More so than an obligation, an opportunity to make a difference, you know, an opportunity to to uh, change course, an opportunity to teach, an opportunity to learn and um, and to really open our minds and knowing that if we're still killing three, four five people a day that we know of in this country, my goodness, like we still have a long way to go.
0: So I know you're busy, uh, so we'll finish up with one final question. What does your fiance think of your presentations when he when he listened to it in Australia? Yeah. Did you have a chance to ask him afterwards? What did he say?
1: Yeah, he was he was uh, he was very proud. And I mean, he's he's heard bits and snippets because he's watched me produce my videos and do online content. And so, I mean, he definitely had a sense of what I talk about, but he was. He was I, I had a very, very massive, beautiful bouquet of flowers waiting for me um, in the room afterwards. I think it was very special for him to be there with my parents like that and to and to see me for the first time on on the world stage. But, you know, he he keeps me grounded. He doesn't he doesn't pump my tires too much, <laughs> <laughs> but he but he's very proud
0: of me. I bet he is yeah. well look Candice thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to be with us today uh, keep up all the good work you're doing uh, certainly I don't know how you do it uh, because you seem to be here there and everywhere uh, but keep doing it and uh, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast uh, for our listeners we'd love to hear from you let us know what you think if you have topics you'd like for us to uh, feature you can always reach us at podcast at ssnb.ca stay safe See you next week.
1: Thanks, Curly.